Welcome to the Vault Studios Fantasy Football Podcast, your one-stop shop for all fantasy football info. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I'm joined by Corey. How you doing, man? Good. I'm in the kitchen tonight, so uh, everyone's sleeping, so I'm trying to stay as quiet as I can. <laughs> That's the real life me right now. Is that like a metaphor? Like you're in the kitchen cooking up some hot takes or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, sorry. We are into week seven, week seven of the, of the NFL season. It is absolutely flying by. And as I'm sure you already know now, if you tried to set your lineups, we are in bye week hell. There are some seriously good teams and a lot of teams who are on bye week in week seven looking at the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Los Angeles Chargers. Now, running back has been thin as it is this year, but we're missing a lot of running back ones. Zeke Elliott, uh, Dalvin Cook, James Robinson, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, all (laughs) on the sidelines this week, throwing there some top-tier wide receiver talent, and your lineups are looking very, very thin. Many people, myself included, are just penciling these up to automatic losses in week seven, and we'll bounce back in week eight and try to get on with that playoff push. Uh, I don't know why the NFL has scheduled in another round of games and then not at least spaced out the bye weeks a little better. I don't know. There's just the, they, they always seem to really mess up the scheduling. I don't know. I don't know what, what why they managed to do this. But anyway, we we uh, we deal with what we can. Yeah, definitely. I think I think this is the worst week. There might be another one, but um, yeah, it definitely screws it up as, as well as injuries and things like that. I mean, everyone was complaining last week about injuries and bye weeks, so um, this week is way worse. So. <laughs> way, way worse, because on top of all those running backs I just mentioned, we'll dive into some transactional injury news right now. We're also down... Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the dynamic duo in the Browns' backfield, and Chris Carson, who's gone for a stint on IR as well. So good luck to you if you're in a league which requires you to start you know, two or three running backs. You're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel, seriously, in this, this week. So good luck with that. But last week, around, around uh, five or six days ago, it was announced that Zach Ertz had finally finally been traded from the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm um, really, this is just great news for fantasy owners in general at the tight end position because now Zach Ertz moves on. He becomes a starting tight end for the Arizona Cardinals and Dallas Goddard becomes a tight end one uh, with nobody else around to be, to, to be bothersome at the tight end position in Philadelphia. So good news if you roster either of those two guys. Uh, any, any other takeaways from that other than good for Goddard, good for Ertz? I, I like it for Goddard. Obviously, this is what we, this is kind of where we drafted him to be anyway, because everyone kind of had that assumption that Ertz would be on the move. It just happened a little bit later than we all thought. Right. Um, for Ertz, I don't, I mean, I guess it's fine. I don't think he's going to produce that much more than he already has. Uh, it's just kind of a sideways move. I think if there's, um, someone in your league who thinks it's like a huge upward trajectory, I would be happy to move them. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't think it's huge. Uh, it's probably, yeah, closer to a lateral move, but there's no doubt he's moving into a much better offense, uh, and, and <laughs> significantly better offense. And so, you know, there will be some weeks there um, when they're not hammering four wide receivers that, that, that Zach Ertz does get some run. Uh, but the other big rumor, sort of, I woke up this morning and my Twitter, uh, Twitter and sleep and notifications had exploded all over the place. But it seems now that the Deshaun Watson trade rumors are, are really hotting up seriously for the first time since sort of week one, and that Miami uh, are, are seriously in play for Deshaun Watson. Whether this happens remains to be seen but really just tells you how the Dolphins feel about Tua Tonga-Vailoa and his future there in Miami. Obviously, we everyone wants Watson out of Houston at this point, just so he hopefully will play. You know, he wants out of the, Houston. He wants out of Houston, right? <laughs> off, off the field issues sort of pending. But 
have you read much on this? I know that Washington football team was potentially involved in a three-way trade, maybe the Denver Broncos, but that seems to have been kiboshed. What, what, what are you thinking on this situation here? Um, I haven't looked at like the rumors of the other teams, but it makes sense from the Dolphins' point of view. I think the owner really wants Watson. Um, yeah. I think this is you know where the, the puppet master is pulling the strings here because I can't see you know the current coaching staff trying to undercut um, Tua here even more so, like they they did last year as well. So um, there's obviously some kind of disconnect here between ownership, um, general manager, and the head coach, and how they foresee the the future going so um yeah i think if watson does end up in miami i think it's i mean it's arrows up for everyone in that in that situation obviously um they got lots of weapons there that i think could come really alive if watson became the quarterback yeah it, plenty plenty of weapons jalen waddle obviously returned to form last week tua hasn't looked good uh, and we can forgive a rookie season coming off the hip injury and so on and so forth, but he just hasn't looked good. Now, the organization hasn't done right by him, hasn't given him the offensive line that he, he probably needed, but at some point you want the guy to show you something. And if the, if the Dolphins don't think he's the guy, then it's time to move on and get something in return for him before his value depletes even further. And there's, you know, in economics, it's the sunk cost fallacy that it's, you, you shouldn't continue to uh, you know, invest in an asset just because that asset cost you a lot, i.e. the six overall pick. You end up damaging yourself even more in the long term. It's better to cut bait and run. And I think that's what the Dolphins should do at this point if Deshaun Watson is available uh, and they can work out a trade with the Houston Texans because by anyone's measure, Deshaun Watson's probably a top five, top six quarterback in the league if he's healthy and playing. And because we haven't seen him for a little bit, People are probably starting to forget just what a talented quarterback Deshaun Watson is. And he would certainly um, put the Miami Dolphins into the playoff playoff hunt should he become available. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think that's a question. And as a Patriot fan, seeing Deshaun Watson in the AFC East, Pro- I do yeah. not want to see that. Yeah. Between, yeah, between him and I know you're not the biggest Josh Allen guy, but the, the Bills, the Bills are, are, are looking looking really good and to, to have him and Deshaun Watson there would be would be a big problem so I'm as a Patriots fan hoping it doesn't happen from a fancy perspective where Deshaun Watson is sitting collecting dusk dusk dust on on my bench in Superflex leagues now would be a nice time for him yeah, to, to start playing and get me some get me some points towards my playoff push um all right let's move on to some more injuries we mentioned Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns. Both have been ruled out. By the time you're hearing this, Thursday Night Football will have already happened. Um, but Dearness Johnson uh, is, is uh, going to be the guy to to pick up and go with here. If you're, I'm, I'm going to give my f- prediction from the future that that Johnson finishes with at least 15 PPR points. I think he could have Whoa. a good game. They're going to lean. They're going to lean on the run with without Baker Mayfield. Uh, with Case Keenum in the center. You don't love Case Keenum? Revenge game? Oh, of course, of course. But <laughs> I, I said at least, right? That, you think that's too low? I think that's a lot. 15 PPR points for a, he's going to be basically their three down back. I know this Fel, Felton is there, but... You don't love you don't love the uh, dual capability wide receiver running back Dominic Felton in some leagues? <laughs> <laughs> It's a, yeah. I mean, he's 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 an explosive guy, but he's a bit of a gadget guy. And I just think, you know, with Odell Beckham potentially unlikely to suit up as well with his shoulder injury, yeah, this is going to be good. this is going to be Jarvis Landry and 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 um, and, and Johnson on the ground. And we've seen him have okay okay games before. And if they can patch patch up their O line a little bit more, I think you know, I think you can you can you can expect some points out of him. But we called it last week, Paris Campbell. Was going to have a game. He had a game, and then he got, got hurt. hurt. And then he got hurt. And this man's back on the IR again. He spent more time on the IR than he has on the football field. It's a damn shame. But you know, pat ourselves on the back for that good call. Uh, and as we mentioned as well, Chris Carson has gone to the IR. But um, Rashad Penny is being reactivated and is raring to go. And Pete Carroll is rubbing his thighs at the prospect of finally <laughs> getting some juice out of his first round draft pick. Um, so. I mean, 
if you've got Penny, you're probably playing him this week because there isn't many other options. And Alex Collins has been banged up. You've got DJ Dallas. You've got Travis Homer there. I mean, I don't expect much out of any of these guys, especially with Geno Smith on the center. And, and Rashad Penny's a thick boy. He can carry the loads, assuming he you know stays healthy. Um, which, again, like Paris Campbell, he's, he's struggled to do. But Rashad Penny when he has been on the field, has been really, really good for Seattle. Like, he can make dudes miss. He's got very good lateral movement. Uh, I, I like Rashad Penny. It's a, it's, it's a shame his career has gone the way it has, but you are beggars can't be choosers at this point in the season when it comes to running back. So I think, um, I think Rashad Penny is certainly in the mix as a running back to this week. Uh, any, any other injuries you wanted to, to note before we move on to sort of the next announcement? I mean, there's just so many... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll leave it for now, but just keep an eye on, obviously, on the updates. I mean, we get them coming through constantly. If you have sleeper, they come through automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep an eye on those because yeah, your roster is probably forever changing as, as we talk. Yeah, I've, I've, set my li- all my sleeper lineups once already today and I'm definitely going to do it again later on today because things right. things things will have definitely changed uh, but the big story I guess here in Australia and I think most of our listeners are based in Australia so apologies for those who are who are overseas I guess not really relevant for you but unfortunately uh, DraftKings we, we might need some proxies we might need some proxies yeah DraftKings is uh, is withdrawing or uh, halting its operations in Australia for the foreseeable future which is a shame because I think a lot of Australians have really enjoyed getting to understand and play DraftKings. I know I certainly have. It's a ton of fun. Run a lot of competitions on there. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be a you know a partner with DraftKings and, and, and help them uh, build their user base here in Australia. So it is a shame that that's no longer happening. Clint, who has been on the show a few times, he was the Aussie rep. He's no longer with DraftKings either. And so they are pulling up, ceasing operations Um they aren't like giving up forever. Apparently, they are looking to come back at some point, but there is no set date or even timeline for that at this stage. So, do you, until do then, you think it's, do you think it's because of like Moneyball and what's the other one, Prop Stars draft, or whatever it's called? Draft, draft, draft stars. stars. No, because Moneyball yeah. doesn't do DFS anymore. Moneyball turned into a sports book. All right, then. So there's, there's there's only one there's only one DFS provider left in Australia now, and that's the Australian based and owned uh, Draft Stars, which is similar to DraftKings. It's not quite as good. Their pricing um, is a little different. It's because uh, yeah. when you're used to looking at DraftKings, like your percentage and what you're looking for is a little bit different, and they run half point PPR scoring as well. So I think similar to similar to FanDuel in the US is probably the the difference between. Uh, them and, and DraftKings, so it's a shame to see them go. But if you're looking to play dra- uh, to play daily fantasy, Draft Stars is <clears throat> is the place to be. Um, so you're saying yeah. there's an opening for us to start a new company? Yeah, there is. But it, it truly, <laughs> if, if you if you knew how difficult it was to get a gaming license in Australia, oh my goodness, it's outrageous. I, I know some people, Lewis. I know you know some, some people. people. All right, all right. Well, maybe we maybe we can pool our resources. I'll I'll put in. I'll put in uh, the re- the balance of my DraftKings account, and you can put in your your next basketball contract, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, take we'll take over the DFS world. Right, sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, but who knows, right? This might give an opportunity for someone like Underdog Fantasy, hint hint, or mm. Monkey Knife Fight to to come on over to Australia. However, they will face these hurdles of obtaining a license. So. Um, it is what it is. I hope they come back. But for, for now, um, you know, if you can find other ways to play on the site, I don't, I don't even know if you'd be able to because everyone's identity is verified as Australian and things like that. So it's a, it's a, it's, it is a real shame, but we still have draft stars to satisfy our daily fantasy sports needs. All right, that's 15 minutes. That's long enough. Let's dive into the, the, the meat of the podcast, the meat and potatoes, why everyone's here. They want to hear our thoughts on the upcoming slate. Uh, and we'll start with uh, the game of the week, the highest implied points total of the week. 57 and a half. 
Yeah, the Titans against Kansas City. This one could be absolutely electric. The Titans have got the win back in their sails after a great win over the Buffalo Bills. What are you looking at from this game? Because everything, I, everything, right? This is just points, points, this points. Is, yeah, play everyone. I don't know. I was listening to Warren Sharp's podcast today. They're like, I don't know who punts in this game. Um, first one to punt loses, basically. Um, the Chiefs' offense has been sensational, and you might not think that considering the record. But you know the amount, the thing that's holding them back obviously is the turnovers. But mm-hmm. once they figure that out. Like this team's going to be averaging forty points a game, anyway. Like they're yeah. just unstoppable, unstoppable. So yeah, and they've had some bad luck. A few of these interceptions that Mahomes has thrown have been uncharacteristic drops, some Tyree kill balls bouncing off his hands, things like that. And people are saying, "Oh, Mahomes, have the league figured him out, or what's going on?" He's still yeah, no. absurd. It's, this this could this could be a forty. 40 to 37 type game uh, with a with a late field goal to cinch it. Someone driving down the field. This could this could be a real barn burner. Remember the Chiefs Rams a few years ago on Monday Night Football. This could be yeah. This could be, be that. Like that. I'm betting yeah. the over because I'm not a coward and I'm I want to see points points points. Uh, I think Julio Jones has practiced. AJ Brown is good to go. Who had a, f- a fairly solid week, all things considered, coming off the injury. Then he had food poisoning. Uh, apparently, was shitting himself senseless, according to Derek Henry. Uh, Julio Jones has been is always going to be managed with his niggles. But AJ Brown moves into wide receiver one territory, and this could be the game that we all that we've waited for Ryan Tannehill. Right, this could be the thirty point game that we've been hoping to see. So, uh, fingers crossed for that. Um, play everyone. <laughs> Uh, next next game is going to be the Green Bay Packers against the Washington Football Team. Corey, I know what I know. I know what your take is going to be here. I know you're you're very excited about this. It's McKissick season again. It is. It is um, forever McKissick season, I guess, because he had eight receptions and no one else had more than four last game. Um, this Packers defense is very susceptible to the run. Um, Antonio Gibson left that game early uh, last week. Um, his status is up in the air. Um, he still has that stress fracture, or um, I think that's Shins, what it is. Stress is, is it stress fra- fracture in his shin? Yes, in his yeah. tibia. Um, so that's not good. Um, <laughs> so he's not only questionable in this game, but he's got that. It's not going to go away this season. Um, so. Play McKissick. Um, obviously, you'll talk about McLaurin, but as for the Packers, um, I'm start. You're starting your normal Packers. Yeah, 100. percent But uh, last week, I was I tipped McLaurin to be a top five receiver on the week. Unfortunately, he was out there playing hobbled with a hamstring injury, but his usage was still good. He he didn't pop off in the box score, um, but he has another good matchup this week. A lot of cornerbacks injured for the Green Bay Packers. I think. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw all over this this defense. They're just, you know, he, Devontae Adams is going to be open at will. Aaron Jones is going to be able to run against the light front because they rarely stack the boxes. The Washington defense. So, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing to, to seeing what McLaren does in this game. Devontae Adams, I think this could be could be a real fun one uh, for, for 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 football fans to watch. Um, just a note on on Antonio Gibson. I know you were lower on him than consensus this season. So that, that was a great call that, that worked out well for you. But I really think this is going to be one of these massive overreactions that we see in the ADP market come draft time next year. Uh, people will feel burned and scorned by taking Antonio Gibson as like a top 15 running back. We've seen this before with um, Leonard Fournette a few years ago when his ADP got out of control um, and then he was available in the third round. Um Prior to the year, he was cut in Jacksonville, and he was just he was just money. It was that season when he had like seventy five receptions or something ridiculous, uh, and and I think something similar uh, it could happen with Antonio Gibson. I think he's going to be a, an excellent value come draft season uh, next year, and people will people will feel burned by him, and rightly so. But as with as is tradition in the fantasy football landscape, people overreact, and and Gibson will become a value. Yeah, I definitely. I could, I could see that. Um, definitely. Even um, you might I mean, draft him. That's that's I, what a value he could be. You might even draft him. <laughs> and you know, every year is different. Um, we'll know more information. 
I think that becomes even a bigger issue if he actually ends up, you know, sitting out um, officially or going on IR or whatever. Um, I just think uh, Washington has to be careful with him because of his injury. If they get really behind here, I don't know why they would even play him. They they drafted Jarrett Patterson. Right, right. Um, Let's see what you know, he's they got. Have guys, yeah, just you know, why why play him? Just sit him down, and that's why. I said last week, if you have space, just put Jared Patterson somewhere and hide him for a while. Um, yeah. Because, you know, week, you know, as soon as like week 10, 11, 12 fantasy playoffs, he could be um, someone that could really help you. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And really, the season hasn't gone the way the Washington football team thought it would. They, they expected to be one of the top defenses in the NFL. In reality, they've been one of the worst. They thought that Fitzpatrick could bring the offense to life. He got he got badly injured. They had to go back to Taylor Heineke. So things weird. just really haven't worked out. Yeah, weird that the, the old man Fitzpatrick, who puts his body on the line every single play, would get hurt. Um, so really interesting to see. I, I think yeah, I think Washington should uh, yeah get 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 Gibson on ice because there's no doubt about his talent and 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 use McKissick in the passing game and and let's see what Jared Patterson can do because. Um, give give him a few games to get used to the NFL speed and see how he goes. All right, Ravens versus Bengals division rivalry game. These are always fun. Battle first place. Battle for first place. Who'd have thought? <laughs> now it involves the vet Bengals. This is almost certainly going to involve a tie or overtime and just some kind of shenanigans. So I'm really looking forward to this one as well. Looking to see the challenge that that you know Joe Burrow s- steps up to here after the Baltimore defense absolutely you know, turn the screws on the Chargers and and really separate themselves as one of the superior teams in the AFC. Still think the Chargers were a good football team. It was just one of those weeks. Uh, but the Bengals are going to have to play very, very well. But I am interested. Obviously, you're, you, all of your Bengals are usually playing. But the, my takeaway was um, Rashad Bateman uh, made his first game of the season and he got six targets. He tied for a team high six targets with Mark Andrews, one more than Hollywood Brown. Um, so, you know, he, he, he showed some glimpses and Sammy Watkins may be back this week and that could cut into his workload. But I, th- I think Bateman is the, the better talent at this point in their respective careers. And I, I hope to I hope to see him get get some usage in what's a pretty soft matchup against this Bengals secondary. Yeah, and I look, I really like Bateman. I think he's going to be that underneath kind of receiver, um, that possession type receiver, you know, running those intermediate crossing routes. Pretty much what they wanted Sammy Watkins to be when they um, paid him no money to come there. Um, I just think he's obviously he's the new shiny toy as well, um, and they're going to try to feed him a little bit more than you might think um, with just screens and early touches, quick slants, and things like that because he's good with the ball in his hand. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. he's just one of those kind of guys. So that's why they drafted him. <laughs> Uh, the Minnesota product himself. I wish Tyler Johnson would get more love, but anyway. Um, Hashtag free Tyler Johnson. <laughs> I digress. So, um, yeah, I, I really like what they're trying to do with Bateman and that offense. And this game should be pretty exciting. I think it's going to be really good um, to see what the Cincinnati defense, who's ranked in the top 10 right now, can do uh, with Lamar Jackson, who is an MVP candidate, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that on Lamar Jackson. Uh, Giants versus Carolina Panthers. Ew. This is it. This is it. It's Robbie Anderson week, finally. Come on, man. Dude, he's right. So his usage has trended up 10 targets and 11 targets. He had a couple of, he had some drops, but we don't care about drops. We care about usage. He got himself a touchdown. I think this could be the week against, you know, not a great Giants defense for, for, for Robbie Anderson to finally break out. And I think. You know, this is a better matchup for Sam Donald than he's had in recent weeks, and it's the kind of game where, where you know, he 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 could uh, score some points here. I think the Panthers are going to win this game comfortably. I don't think the Giants are very good. I think they're going to harass Daniel Jones. I think Brian Burns is going to cause at least one fumble from Daniel Jones. So, for, you know, this game, you know, probably not going to be the most exciting. But I think if you've been hanging out for Robbie Anderson to to break out, given all of the bye weeks and such. I think there's there's worse options than playing Robbie Anderson this week. <sighs> there might be, but I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> there's uh, there's Robbie Anderson, and then it's a list of about I don't know 
40, 50 guys, I'm just like, yeah, I'll throw a dart um, and take him. Like, give me some random Browns receiver tonight. <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones? <laughs> Rashard Higgins or something. Um, but no, um, look, I really hope that it happens for Robbie Anderson owners. I'm not one of those people. Um, which we'll is feed DJ Moore and get the heck out of this game. Uh, and Devontae Booker, of course, because, you know, you got to feed the beast when you have them. Oh, Devontae Booker, the beast. I was pretty much spot on with my projection for what was going to happen with him, by the way. <laughs> he did get his three catches or three or four he, catches. Yeah, he did. He did. It was like 11 fantasy points or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, right. Which is just what we expected against the Rams. Um <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Dolphins versus the Falcons. Uh, talk, talk about an uninspiring game. <laughs> Probably another big week for Kyle Pitts here after they come back off their bye week. Calvin Ridley is going to be involved. They don't have any cornerbacks healthy. So look for Calvin Ridley to uh, potentially get something going here um, and finally, finally have a big breakout game. But my big takeaway from last week and moving forward is that Jalen Waddell is just going to be targeted by his guy Tua. Uh, it's an improved average depth of target as well. I was listening to the PFF, PFF Fantasy Podcast before with within heart. It's an Andrew Erickson, and just before, uh, just before I um, uh, jumped on here while I was doing some vacuuming, and one of the stats they they said that the, the Waddles A dot with with uh, Tua is just over seven yards, and with um, Brisket Jacoby Brisket on the center. <laughs> It was like it was like ne- he he had one game with a negative a dot. It was like two yards, three yards, four yards. So uh, we haven't seen him, you know, go deep on one yet. Take one to the house, but the usage is there. And with his ability ball in hand, it's only a matter of time before he's able to do that. And against this sorry Falcons defense, you like Waddle to have a really good game. Yeah, it, sh- it sh- definitely should be. He got peppered with targets last week. Um, this Atlanta secondary. Um, this whole line of defense is pretty young um, and inexperienced. And I think um, the, sh- the short game with, with Waddle, they target him early with like screens and just easy catch catchable balls. I think he can continue to do that this week against his Falcons defense. Man, it feels like it's been for like five straight years. We've just been saying, yeah, this Falcons defense doesn't offer much. It's a, it's an easy score. Yeah, they just, it's they stink. Uh, it's just a just a bad bad franchise. Um, Patriots versus Jets. Um, already oh, come around. Sorry, real, go real ahead. Quick before we get yes, to the, the massacre, um, my <laughs> wife, my running back one is back. Cordell Patterson this week. Yes, Cordell, the the RB one. The guy is back. The guy is back. Um, I, by the way, I think Mike Davis is in play as well. I think both of these guys um, they use differently. Uh, but I think my, my, um, Mike Davis has, has been very successful, just really hasn't got the touchdowns. But but both these guys in play, but, but Patterson's been sensational. Patriots versus Jets, yes, there's probably going to be another massacre. Mac Jones took some big strides against the Dallas Cowboys, ultimately couldn't get the win, but I thought he started to, to look a lot better. And and really the thing I'd, I'd like to see, I predicted it. Um, Hunter Henry uh, got himself... Uh, in the end zone again, but he's been the primary pass catching target, uh, at least at the tight end position. Not a tough matchup against the Jets here, uh, so I like Hunter Henry as a play this week. Um, is there any anyone uh, anything Ugh. else you want to go about this game? It's 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 from a fancy really. perspective, it's pretty gross. I'm always really going to enjoy wanna... the game. I always love watching the Pats play the Jets, but it's um it's not it's not going to be a fancy. Yeah, it's not, not going to be fun to watch um if you're not a Patriot fan or a Jet yeah. fan, I guess. Um, it's not going to be fun if you're a Jet fan either. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing how they deploy the receivers. The Jets they just had, you know, the time off. I want to see how um, Elijah Moore is used. Yes. I want to see how Michael Carter is used. Like is Tevin Coleman done and dusted? Are we are we done with that? Um, because Michael be. Carter. Yeah, Michael Carter was starting to take a step forward um, in the first few weeks there. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they deploy those guys and um, get a little bit more data on those younger receivers and, or not necessarily younger receivers, but just options in the fantasy um, kind of doldrums, if you will, to Jameson yeah. Crowder's, the Corey Davis's, the, you know, Elijah Moore's, the Michael Carter's. So, um, after the bye week, I'm guessing that they've worked on something um, to kind of change it up. 
Maybe it not. Is the, it is the Jets after all, so I don't want to be too presumptuous. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm looking at in that game. Yep, I, I really want to see something from Elijah Moore. He's he's been unlucky. He's you know been a, a couple of inches away from a few big plays. So interested to see what he can do. But it looks like Jamison Crowder is blocking his path to serious playing time. Raiders versus Eagles. The Raiders bounced back, uh, got off, you know, moved on from the John Gruden scandal and was able to to rally as a unit. Their interim head coach is a hilarious dude. He got them wanting to run through a brick wall, and they got the interim coach bounce. Whether that's going to continue, we'll wait and see because their defense is absolute hot garbage. Uh, but they have a chance against the Eagles, who've had their own struggles. But I think this is going to be an opportunity for the Eagles, whose offense has struggled, to maybe get something going here. Uh, obviously, you're playing Jalen Hurts because no matter what, he's basically a top five quarterback at all times. He just manages to get it done with his ridiculous running ability. Uh, Devontae Smith has been great um, in terms of his, his usage. He's on, on, on track. Uh, and, and, and Dallas Goddard, as we sort of talked about at the top of the show, he's probably going to be activated from the COVID list as well. So big game for him, I would expect to see. But I'm really curious now to see how this backfield for the Raiders shakes itself out because uh, since Jacobs has come back from injury, you thought he was getting the inside track and Drake was like, oh, my God, they paid this guy $11 million guaranteed to do nothing. Then all of a sudden, bam, Kenyon Drake was back. Uh, and I'm sure he's on everyone's benches. And you go, okay, well, this is, is this a coaching thing? We know Jacobs was Gruden's guy. Gruden absolutely wanted Jacobs. He was, he was in love with his talent and was going to make sure that he was going to at least get him on the field or, or, or do as much as he can with him. And I think that the Kenyon Drake signing might have been a more of a Mike Mayock decision. I know that Gruden basically ran everything, but he seemed to have no interest in using Kenyon Drake. Gruden's out of the building, and now Drake gets all kind of uh, involvement here. Well, obviously, we're dealing with the smallest sample size possible, but I'm just very curious to see how this game shakes out. And because the Raiders' defense is so bad, we could end up with another position here where where uh, Josh Jacobs um, is a bit more sensitive to game scripts. But we'll just have to wait and see. I'm just looking forward to seeing if the Eagles' offense can actually get something going and give Jalen Hurts a little bit of breathing room as the starting quarterback. Look, to be fair to the Raiders' defense... They're not that. They're league average this year. Um, you know, they're right in the middle of the pack. Um, I just don't love this Philly team. There seems to be some kind of disconnect um, going on. Like, they just refuse to run the ball. Um, <laughs> the Miles Sanders sadness just continues on and on every week. Sure. Um, Kenneth Gainwell can't even get in, in the mix. Like, well, What was that about? Like... I have no idea. We were, we were both um, like, oh, yeah, Kenny Gamewell could get something going here. And it's just like, not Kenny Gamewell to the shadow. One realm. carry for one yard or one catch for one yard. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, basically, it's, it's Devontae. It was because the other, part of their, the other parts of their offense were working so well that they didn't feel the need <laughs> right. to get electric uh, playmaker Kenny Gamewell involved. Yeah, it just seems like um, it's Smith and maybe Kez Watkins is starting to uh, emerge here. Um, yeah. as, as legitimate threat, like, but it still seems really hard to trust um, anyone other than Smith and Hertz at this point on offense. Um, as for the Raiders, Henry Ruggs has actually been pretty good this year um, yeah. in a sneaky kind of way. Um, I guess he's basically like Nelson Aguilar last year. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, not getting the volume, but you're right. He's making these big, big splash plays, which then begs the question, well, why is he not being targeted more? Yeah, but it's just that's just the Derek Carr thing. Like he's looking for his tight end, and everyone is else he? gets like because Darren Waller hasn't thrown book <laughs> for three weeks. He's got to throw someone. Who is he? Who's he throwing to then? Hunter he's not Renfro. The, he's not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's throwing to Hunter Renfro, and that's pretty much it. Zay Jones. Everyone else gets three, three. <laughs> Zay Jones. Everyone else gets three targets. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a little bit rough. Um, I think he's kind of like your. Your dart throw, hopefully, gets a long one touchdown. Um, that's definitely what he's going to be this this week. If you have to play him, because you probably do have to play him if he's on your roster. So, good yeah. luck to everyone in that situation. Good luck indeed. We've now got a double revenge game: Rams versus Lions. <laughs> quarterback, on, quarterback against quarterback <clears throat> against their old teams. It's going to be weird for Lions fans because Matthew Stafford is like the best quarterback they've had in a hot minute. 
And now they've got Jared Goff. Top minute, like ever. Yeah, yeah, look at, yeah. Rodney you know, Pete. I, I, I wasn't be so bold to be like go back to the you know the beginning of their, of their franchise, right? Yeah, here you go, peeling off names. Um, Dan Orlovsky. Um, no, but, but obviously Stafford has been a great quarterback. Lions fans love Matt Stafford still. They sort of like gave him his their blessing to let him go. And I feel that Lions fans are so mentally broken and trapped to support the Lions, but also Matt Stafford, they might just start rooting for the Rams in this game because they love Matt Stafford more than they love the Lions. I think um, it's John Kittner. John Kittner's second. John Kittner, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Except for those ones who've got the Stockholm Syndrome so bad that they just you'll always support the Lions no matter what. They could be having their heads turned and, and looking at Matthew Stafford launching bombs downfield to Cooper yeah, Corbin. It's not going to be good. And it's not going to be good. It's going to be a massacre. But um, from a fantasy perspective, I think you need to go and pick up Amon Brass St. Brown. He had his third straight game with at least five receptions and at least seven targets. This is a pretty, real hard. It wasn't no, pretty. No, it wasn't pretty. It until later. And, and, and this, this, this is a hard matchup here because Jalen Ramsey plays the slot like 45% of the time, according to PFF uh, sort of, um, data. And so... You got to start your studs, though. You got to start your studs, which is why you need to play Jared Goff in this matchup. No, who's the Khalif Raymond's? Like, Khalif Raymond, like maybe you get something out of him, but DeAndre Swift is trending to taking over this backfield. But I still think you play Jamal Williams if he's, you've got to play Jamal Williams as well. That's about it. From the Rams, you're starting everyone, right? Cooper Cup could have 600 yards this game. <laughs> he could. Um, you're definitely starting Cooper Cup. You're starting Robert Woods. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson's Tyler, like Tyler you know, Darryl, beautiful oh, spot. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful spot. spot. Beautiful spot. Shit, I'd beautiful even start Tyler Higby here. <laughs> Shit, I might even start Sonny Michelle here if I'm in a pinch. <laughs> he might fall in the end zone. Yeah, you, you know what? He might. He might. He might get like four carries for two touchdowns. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you're definitely starting all your Rams in this spot. I, I think the Rams take care of business um, for against this Lions team that you know looked a little spry there for a minute, but I think that's all that juice that they had. Yeah, yeah, it's they've, they've, the 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 uh, juice has well and truly been squeezed out of out of that roster, uh, and they're just not a good not a good football team. Uh, moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Chicago Bears and. Well, the Chicago Bears absolutely stink, but we were this. We were this close to an Allen Robinson week. He led the league in unrealized air yards. So uh, he had a 166-yard difference in his receiving yards versus air yards, which is the largest disparity in a single week all year. Like, just he couldn't get on the same page as, as Fields. Fields can throw the ball deep. You know, he can throw the ball quite well. It's his processing and decision-making, which is uh, you know, stagnating this offense. But we just need one of those to hit against a banged-up Tampa Bay secondary, and we could be back in the Allen Robinson business. If Same with Darnell Mooney. If it doesn't happen this week, though, you go, mm, I don't think it's going to happen at all, going up against the secondary with starting cornerbacks Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and newly signed Richard Sherman out. So the, the Buccaneers are going to be uh, scrabbling and I think Justin Fields is going to be forced into throwing more to try and keep up in this game because Tampa's going to run up points on them real quick. You say that. You say that he's going to be forced. and We think that. We think that, of we course. Think that, but he probably um, won't. He probably because won't. Because not, not one team has come out against the Bucs and actually just ran the ball. Um, every single team has said Look, we're not going to be able to run the ball. We're just going to chuck it around. But this Bears team, up until last week, and I gave this out, I think, on this pod last week as well, but I, I mentioned Justin Fields' pass attempts. And it was at 29 and a half last week, which would have been, you know, a career high. By a he mile. He still, he still didn't get there. He got 27 um, last week against the Packers. They lost by 10. Um so twenty seven. What's his line is, this week? Um, it's not out uh, yet. It's not out yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's thrown for basically from the Cleveland game. He's thrown for twenty passes, seventeen passes, twenty passes, and then twenty seven last week. I just don't know what the strategy. It's really like opposing strategies here, like the Bucks. 
obviously are one of the fastest teams. They throw a ton. The Bears, one of the slowest teams. They run a ton. <laughs> and yet, yeah, it's Tampa real chalk and defense cheese. is really good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I really this is what don't. I mean. It could I get messy. No it could get messy for the Bears. Um, although I do think um, Khalil Herbert looked good. Yeah, he did. Um, he looked really good uh, with, with Damian Williams hitting the, hitting the old uh, COVID list. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, so he did. I was scrambling at him. I was almost expecting Ryan Knoll sighting, but that didn't happen. I think he got one carry. Yeah, one carry. The great Ryan Knoll. <laughs> um, all right, next game. This one, uh, what I'm dubbing the JJ Watt Bowl, the Arizona Cardinals against the Houston Texans. Uh, yeah, I, I already talked about this, I guess, at the top, so I won't re- repeat myself other than to say I think now with Zach Ertz, you do have tight end one on the week, not overall, but like top 12 tight end potential on any given week where that path was just completely blocked in Philadelphia. This offense is electric. So if you've got Ertz, congratulations. You've been able to to pick him up. Remember, everybody played Thursday Night Football, was then traded, and everyone was like, will we get double fantasy points? And no, you uh, can't can't play. You can't play uh, for two different teams in a week per NFL policy. And then there was the meltdown with Sleeper, the points going back to zero, and everyone thinking they'd lost all of their Zach Ertz Thursday Night Football points. But alas, we got them back. What's your takeaway from this? Anything other than uh, play Brandon Cooks? Um, definitely playing Brandon Cooks, and I'm playing him over. Like I'm really struggling to. I might play him over Chris Godwin this week. Is, yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, I can see that. I like. I don't think you can rank all three Buccaneers wide receivers in the top twenty. I think the favorites have been pretty clear with with Mike Evans and AB, and I have Brandon Cooks like as a top twenty play this week. So. Yeah, over Chris Godwin isn't isn't crazy to me at all. Right. So other than that, I mean, obviously Texans. Um, you're not really looking at any of their options. I mean, uh, Mark Ingram, 18, 18 carries. He did, and that was very interesting because the week before, I knew he would get those carries against the Patriots, but the prior weeks to the Patriots games, he was not getting very many at all anymore other than the first game. So um, that's very interesting. And it'll be interesting to see if he gets that kind of workload again this week. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from the Texans and what they're trying to do in, the, <laughs> in this game. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever they're trying to do. Uh, 49ers Colts. Uh, we talked Paris Campbell is out. Um, 49ers Colts. I, there is there is a weird weird game. I think this is going to be a bit of a low scoring, messy game. Jonathan Taylor obviously exploded uh, last week. Had a huge game on, on five carries. Sorry, what's that? I was being facetious, but yeah. I said on five carries. <laughs> on five carries, yeah. Give Jonathan Taylor the ball, please, Frank Reich. Please do that. But for me, it's going to be T.Y. Hilton season because he came back off the IR. I told you he owned the Houston Texans, and he quietly put together a pretty good game. Had Carson Wentz threw some pretty big bombs downfield to Pittman to to T.Y. Hilton. So, you know, I think I think T.Y. can 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 get something going this week. Uh, you know, another game removed from being on the IR. He talked quite openly and frankly about considering retirement after all this, and he seems reinvigorated and glad to be out there and sort of looking a bit like the T.Y. of old. Uh, with Carson Wentz looking a little bit better, being held up right by that offensive line. Uh, and I think maybe these ankle injuries might be the best thing to happen to Carson Wentz, just because it's forced him to just stay in, stay, in pocket, pocket. stay in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. And if I'm Frank Reich, I'm just like casually stepping on Carson Wentz's ankles <laughs> at all times, walking past him and dropping like a tin of beans on his foot when he's not wearing any <laughs> shoes. Just small things to just to nick, nick up and damage his mobility and keep him in the pocket. But I think T.Y. Hilton could have a good game this week. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, he stepped back on the scene. He's a Texans crusher anyway, but, he, you know, he continued right back in that mold. Um, it really hurt Michael Pittman, however. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this develops as the season goes along. Obviously, the Paris Campbell injury might clear that up a little bit. Zach Pascal yeah. is pretty much dead. Um, pull one out like, for my guy, Zach Pascal, who was pull just one out for my guy, Zach. Um, dominating at the start of the year. So that looks like it's far, you know, far in between. I, I'm really interested to see if the Colts can win this game. Like I, I feel like they should be able to win this game with Trey Lance's quarterback. It's just so vanilla with their 
It's just so basic with that 49ers pass offense um, with Trey Lance there. He just has a long way to go. So um, if the Colts are, can get a lead on in this game, I think they'll just kind of grind it out. Um, but the secondary for the 49ers is something definitely you can pick on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested to see whether they stick with Trey Lance or, or reinstate Jimmy. Uh, I think for the, for the 49ers, I think the best thing to do there, you know, they're, they're, I don't think they're a, a chance at winning the division. I think it's be- better if they invest in um, invest in Trey Lance and get him out there and hopefully have uh, been able to work on some stuff in the bye week with him and may- maybe make that offense work a little bit better and maybe find a way to get Brennan Ayuk the fucking football. Please. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, this game wraps up with the Seattle Seahawks against the Saints. Uh, a lot of the luster taken off this matchup by the fact that Russ Wilson is obviously out on IR with his finger injury. Uh, Chris Carson, as I said, is gone. Really, for me, the viable play here on the on the Seahawks side of the football is Rashad Penny. Like, you're obviously still starting DK Metcalf and, you know, Probably Tyler Lockett as well, given you're likely to have better options, but your expectation should be sincerely, sincerely muted for them. And so, yeah, Rashad Penny, let's see what you got, baby. Yeah, I, I suppose that's the case. I mean, <laughs> if you're in a real pinch, I guess DJ Dallas, he got five catches last game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can only see that being an issue if they're down or if they're in like two-minute offense because that's what it seemed like he came in. Um, for those situations. So, um, yeah, it sounds like Michael Thomas is still a couple weeks away, so that's disappointing as well. Um, if you drafted him, hoping that he would be back after this bye week. Um, so you're looking at, what, Marquez Callaway and Alvin Kamara, Jameis. <laughs> and, right. yeah, you're not loving those options. So obviously you're playing Alvin Kamara. But um, other than that, like, slim pickings out there. Monday night. Speaking of Alvin Kamara and disappointing things, when How the Mike, Mike, yeah, no, but seriously, when the Mike Thomas injury was announced, everyone was like, yeah, Kamara, he's going to get peppered targets. He's the best playmaker on that team. You know, Galaxy Brain Sean Payton's going to find a way to use him. I'm just going to read out a list of numbers and you, you sort of, you see if you can tell me what they are 100, 105, 97, 107. 22. That list is Alvin Kamara's target numbers every season in the NFL. He's gone, oh, it just makes me sick. He has 15 receptions through five games. He's averaging three receptions a game when he went 81, 81, 81, and 83 for the first four seasons of his career. Like, what is Sean Payton doing? But... The caveat here is he might actually get a thousand yard rushing season. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care. I don't care I about the rushing yards. I know you don't. I know. I know. Yeah, so that that pisses me off. I was just I just couldn't couldn't believe that. But that is the last game on the slate. Corey, was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap things up? No, that's about it. I just yeah, it's a grind right now. It's the fantasy season. Some people, you know, are really in a bad spot. I mean, you might have started out hot 2-0, and lost four straight. Uh, that happened to me in a couple leagues, so just keep grinding. You know, that's it's it's a long season. It's a lot longer than you think it is, especially this year. So just a whole keep, week keep longer than that. No, it yeah. does. It, it, it's funny, right? It feels if it, it, it feels like it's flying by, but at the same time, you're like, oh shit, we are only in week seven, it feels. There's been so many injuries and so much news. Right. It's just like, Oh shit! This we are we're only in, not even halfway through, but enjoy it while it's here because we all crave the return of football once we hit that off season. Uh, but for now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here. But make sure you follow the Vault Studio on Twitter, on Instagram. Are we not Facebook. doing streamers? Oh, thank you! I totally forgot that. So let's <laughs> let's let's quickly dive into the streamers. Um, I apologize; that's my mistake. I misread the show sheet, but yes. Quarterback streamers, Corey is just getting the sweatiest, the sweatiest wins. It's unbelievable at quarterback. So in week five, he beat me by 0.1 of a point. Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields. And then in week six, last week, he 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 manages to beat me by 0.4 of a point with 
Big Ben versus Taylor Heineke. So he's peeled <laughs> off two wins in a row by point, by, by half a total point. <laughs> half a total point, which, you know, let's just check out the total points on the season here. I'm averaging 80, basically 80 points, and Corey's got 60 points. So, <laughs> you know... No, we're not playing that way. We're not playing that way. We're not playing that way. Corey's like, no, no, no. We're not playing that way. We're not going to look at the uh, total points over the course of the season. <laughs> uh, oh, so who have, you got, who have you got for this week then? Who are you going to beat me by fucking half a point this week with? Um, I'm going to go with Davis Mills. Against oh, shut up. If you beat me Arizona with David Mills, I will retire. I will re- I, I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm season. quitting this podcast. If you win, <laughs> if you beat me with Davis Mills, I am done. You're hosting this by yourself from now on because I'm going with Sam Donald against the New York Giants. Defense sucks. Sam Donald, we've seen his ceiling. He, he might rush for a score. He's got good receivers. I don't think the New York Giants are going to trouble the Panthers uh, at all. But if somehow you win this with Davis Mills. I'm tell- I'm done. I'm done. I'm walking out. <laughs> Can't wait for Davis Mills breakout game. It's going to be good. <laughs> uh, moving on over to the tight ends. Finally, I've had a bit of success here after Corey peeled off three straight wins. Uh, I've gone back-to-back with Ricky Seals-Jones this week. Uh, 15.8 points. He had a real nice game. Dan Arnold. Things could have been a lot better for Dan Arnold. He he, um, he dropped a, a, a wide-open touchdown pass, I think, in, in the London game, or certainly... a Dropped a pass that would have probably gotten him a few more points and potentially some more involvement in the offense. Uh, he finished with 4.7, so I took the game this week. Uh, who are you going with at tight ends? It's a tough question. I think I'm going to take – can I take a guy that's going tonight? Does that count? Of course, yeah. I'm going to take uh, David Njoku. Nice. nice. I mean, there's limited pass catches there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay, okay. So let's. Say, I'm going to write this down here. And Joku v Broncos, great. And I'm uh, I'm just going back to the well. I'm going straight back to Ricky Seals Jones, um, who's gone two for 19, five for 41, and four for 58, and a score, and played like 98 percent of the snaps over the past three weeks. So, Ricky Seals Jones, my guy, don't let, let don't let me down. Uh, I know I, I know he's got this in the bag for me. If uh, if if Ricky, if I lose with both Ricky Seals Jones and Davis Mills. I'm not just I'm not just done on this podcast. I will retire from podcasting forever. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm just quit for Davis Mills. Joker's gonna have another seven for 140. Yeah, yeah he's just a fucking monstrous game and then go back to doing nothing just on the week when he bends me over and <laughs> Uh, all right, that is now officially the the end of the show. We got the streams in. Thank you, Corey, for reminding me there. As I was saying before, Corey rudely interrupted me. Make sure you follow the Vault Studio on Twitter, uh, the at the Vault the Vault underscore Studio on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you do want to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com forward slash the Vault Studio. Uh, there's a few different plans you can sign up for there. Support the studio, help us continue to produce the pod and improve what we're doing and. And, and yeah, just any, any support is, is really grateful. Uh, you can find Corey at CMoney52. You can find me at FF underscore down under. But good luck in week seven. Uh, I'm Lewis. That's Corey. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we will catch you next week. <laughs>